Welcome back to Resilient Entrepreneurs, the podcast that showcases inspiring stories of individuals who've overcome obstacles and turned their business dreams into reality. Pierce Carr is the founder of Current Vehicles, Bermuda's first rental car company and shared mobility platform. Pierce started his career in reinsurance, actually, but after about 10 years, he realized that he wanted to pursue something that was he was truly passionate about. He saw an opportunity to improve Bermuda's tourism product by addressing the limited transportation that's offered to visitors on the island. And the idea for Current Vehicles was born. Today, Current Vehicles provides visitors with an easy and convenient way to get around the island, and it changes the way locals think about transportation. We're looking forward to talking about that too. Pierce's vision and determination have paved the way for a more sustainable and accessible future for Bermuda. And this is Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Vicky and Laura, with another great episode. Welcome, Pierce. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. You're quite visionary, and we're really looking forward to digging into what uh, makes you tick and how you came about um, succeeding in a number of the things. So let's start at the beginning. Um, how did you launch Current Vehicles and what was the thinking behind it? Well, I was uh, I'm still in reinsurance. I was based in New York at the time. And I think at that point I'd been, been in the industry for about eight years and it had been great. I'd met lots of great people, learned a lot uh, about business. But I think I realized at that point that I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about. And coming from Bermuda, loved the island, loved tourism, had had worked jobs in tourism throughout a few summers, and just thought that we could do stuff uh, slightly differently as far as transportation, help tourists get around. And uh, it sort of coincided with uh, the introduction of new technology. So electric vehicles were just starting to emerge. And there were some options out there. And I thought I, I would see them on my travels and go, this would be perfect for Bermuda. I was in Spain uh, where my dad lives one summer and saw this. I had had uh, plans to bring in a different electric vehicle and then saw this Twizy come out in front of me on the road there. And I was like, what is that thing? And this is going to be perfect for Bermuda. So I did a bit of research, went straight down to the dealership, learned all I could about it, and then started the process. This was... Uh, 2012 and it was a five-year journey from when we first approached uh, the government um, and the tourism authority to when we actually put our first vehicles on the road um, so it was a, a very drawn out process and actually you know we, we can talk about this in a bit more detail if you like but it was really being quite fortuitous with the America America's Cup coming to Bermuda I think sort of paved the way for uh, the legislation to be passed. That is phenomenal. Five years. I mean, so many yeah. people would just give up before the five years was done. Yeah. I continued working in what I call my day job, but was working on the side business plans, trying to get uh, as much support as I could for this idea. So typically that would be with the, with the tourism authority, trying to get letters uh, working closely with Belco, who were going to help us with the, the charging infrastructure and trying to get the support of the hoteliers, because obviously they have to deal with their guests trying to get around the island and, and the limited options that were available to them. So it was really about building as much support as we could and then just being very persistent with government and the transport control department to try and get the legislation passed. 
So it was, it was definitely at the certainly times where I thought this was never going to see the light of day, but something just told me, told me to keep going. So. Yeah, it was definitely a revolutionary new thing for this island who previously only, for those who don't know, aren't in Bermuda, we only ever had scooters for tourists to ride around on. Um, and the rent and cars ownership is limited in Bermuda too. So it even affects locals. But I'd love to know, so you kind of launched with the America's Cup at the same time. So tell us about that a little bit. What, what kind of happened there? Yeah, it's kind of coincidental, but... Uh... I think it was the fact that the uh, the world's eyes were going to be on Bermuda for a little bit and we were going to attract visitor numbers higher than we had seen in, in decades, I think. And I think it was time to showcase the best of Bermuda and, and to try and put, to be able to um, to meet the demand. We needed more vehicles, but also something that was going to not leave people with road rash or, or worse. And And so that's, I think, was the the catalyst to get that passed but it was great for us being our first vehicles were french made by renault we thought wouldn't it be cool if we could somehow partner with team france and uh, so we worked a deal between renault and team france where they would sponsor vehicles for a month or so and uh, team france got essentially free transportation in renault's little cool electric vehicles which they would zip around the island in so very visible for us and, and it was a great partnership lots of good photo opportunities and uh, it seems like it was 15 or 20 years ago, but it was uh, a great, great way for us to get going. Really was. So lucky. Yeah, it does feel like it was all that time ago, 2017. Yeah. And uh, it was a very sexy kind of launch. I was lucky enough to be at your launch at the French um, base yeah. because I was the local director of communications for America's Cup in Bermuda. And it, it was, everything just seemed to line up so well from the outside anyway, uh, where, you know, you had the chic, um, sexy little twizzy that was so new to Bermuda and to Bermudians, right? Unless people had spent a lot of time in Europe, even if they'd traveled a lot, they may not have seen this a lot because it's not, it's very not American, is it? Yeah, no, absolutely um, yeah, so it was all, there was a lot of, um, all the right ingredients for a launch. There was the mystique and the the sassiness and the, the unique um, appeal. And then you've got these French speaking or French accented <laughs> people uh, being really the ambassadors of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was, a, it was a great time. I think as, uh, as an island, we were opening, you know, the whole event opened our eyes to, lots of great stuff and and the potential that Bermuda has as a destination. And I think it was executed, certainly from the outside, the, the whole event was executed so well and just goes to show what we are capable of doing and what we can pull off. And I, I hope that we start to see more of that stuff in the future. Yeah. yeah. Now, I love that there was a legacy piece to this in that it allowed you and other businesses to do something different for the island because that was a time when um, politicians and tourism officials and the public really were called on to think differently and to think more openly and to to open up to new ideas which of course is exactly where entrepreneurs want us to be all the time so uh, that was very good Tell us how the public perception was with the French. I think there's a story in there. Yeah, in, in their nature, uh, the sailors love racing. And so we were well aware that there was, before we launched, 
negative press around not not necessarily our business but the idea of bringing anything other than scooters to bermuda and so be it small small electric cars whatever we don't like change here we tend to um we don't embrace change as an island and therefore we were sort of very nervous about how the launch would go and obviously we had this uh this great partnership with team france we were really excited about but 35 kilometers an hour being the speed limit here was not something they were going to ever stick to. So the reports <laughs> of these sailors flying down to dockyard in the morning and flying back was something that we had to have a few conversations with them to see if they could slow it down. I, I think it fell on deaf ears, but, uh, you know, thankfully no accident and uh, we, we got out of there okay. That's hilarious. And I can just also visualize the boats that they're flying around on whilst they're in training and and racing. So you could certainly see there's a speed demon in each of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're about to launch a new new part of your business or another model? During COVID, we um, obviously as tourism business uh, had a really tough time through that. And we decided to roll out a shared mobility platform so we went from being a web-based booking platform i want a car for one day i want to pick up at this location someone will meet you there give you keys off you go uh to an app which is kind of you you've got it in most countries now you find you open the app on your phone you find a vehicle near to you you unlock it and you you only pay for the time you use and so we started going, this is going to work really well. We're hoping it would work really well. And But we knew at that time we needed to introduce new models of vehicles. And Quizzy has been the workhorse of our fleet. It's done really well. But we know it's not everyone's cup of tea. We know it has its shortcomings. It's one passenger behind the other. The, the battery range isn't as much as we would love it to be. And there were new manufacturers coming out with other cars and we waited for something that we thought was really cool and brought in a, a car called the XCB Yo-Yo about six months ago and started testing. It's brand new. It's only in maybe one other country uh, or, or two others now. But uh, this was side-by-side seating, a range of about 150 kilometers, air conditioning, bit of trunk space. And, and the coolest part of it, it has swappable batteries. So... You're no, you're no longer tied to having to wait for your vehicle to charge. Uh, the idea that we're going to roll out is turn up to a gas station, turn up to one of our facilities, and have your battery switched out in in minutes. You know, for a for a small fee, and uh, back on the road again. So those should be arriving mid May, hopefully in time for when we start again. Really busy. That's super cool. Who's your target market for them? Is that mostly for visitors or are you thinking locals are going to take advantage? We've seen massive adoption of our app through the local market. And what's nice is that you can now pick up a vehicle in St. George's or Dockyard or the hospital and drive it one way and leave it wherever you're going in one of our home zones. So it's the introduction of what we hope will be that fourth pillar of transportation in Bermuda and quizzes have been popular. But again, we know that if we're really going to entice um, Bermudians to sign up, we need that side-by-side fully enclosed car. And that's what our visitors have also been asking for for a while now. Quizzy is great for those that go, I want a unique experience while I'm here on holiday. But after a week, maybe even after some will say after a couple of days, they're like, I've kind of, I've done this. I want to try something else. Um, 
and so that's yeah we're trying to we're trying to appease both both locals and, and visitors alike yeah i really see it as being such a useful thing if someone's car is in the shop or one parent needs to take the kids somewhere on a day or, like i just see so much use for that and the swappable batteries is a really cool cool yeah. feature to add yeah, yeah that's been around on the scooters the electric scooters and electric bikes for a while but never really been deployed in in cars so yeah we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out with everything that we do we try and test as much as possible um, but until you're in a real world situation you're never going to know but that's the plan so so how would you compare what you're planning for the launch of this new product or yeah new product that it is i guess um with your first launch and knowing that it took you five years to get this thing off the ground um clearly you've already paved the way for a lot of the regulatory issues yeah tell us a bit about that and maybe also you said you'll flesh out a little bit about the five-year journey yeah so the the cars have been approved already so it should be in theory and uh, i know that i should never sort of rely on this but it should be a fairly seamless introduction for the new vehicles charging remains pretty much the same so our infrastructure the plugs need to be changed but it really doesn't that's easy to do and there's going to be a bit of we'll uh, obviously market the vehicles but they they do a lot of marketing for themselves they're going to be mint green and they turn heads and just being out on the road i think it's going to in itself just really grab people's attention and then through our website and obviously some some digital marketing as well. We're, we're going to try and launch it. But being that it's a busy time of year, we want to get them out there as quickly as we possibly can. So, Yeah, because uh, we're heading right into tourism season, right? Where it's really going to start to pick up. Um, so what is that vision for this this tourism season? I mean, what is your take on it? Do you think this year is picking up? What do, what do you think so far? I'm curious as to your, uh, your our, thoughts. Our goal... It, I think uh, as entrepreneurs, you have to be an optimist, uh, eternal optimist, you know, particularly when, you, when you're when you faced with uh, adversity. And the last year, I went into last year going, we're back, this is going to be great. And it was a really difficult year for us. We we did obviously pick up from the, the previous years, but I think the arrival numbers, certainly airlift was down 50%. Then we found ourselves with big supply chain issues. So trying to get the parts for our vehicles uh, was difficult. So we had a, a large percentage of our fleet offline, which wasn't good. Uh, this year, supply chain seems to be fixed. So we will be able to put a, put a full fleet out. And by all accounts, the conversations I'm having with the hotels and our, and our pre-bookings are looking really positive. I think the biggest difficulty we faced last year is that we start to get busy in a normal year around April or May. And by June, we're in full swing. I think last year was just, a, it was it was a slow start. People were just trying to, still trying to find their feet. Obviously there was a, a lot of pent up demand for travel, but we didn't really get busy until the end of June. And then July was crazy, start of August crazy. And then it sort of, it fell off a cliff, which was, which was really weird for us. Um, and that's okay, we stayed busy and steady, but often there is demand it massively outstrips what us as an industry can supply. And uh, I didn't feel that we had that that sort of summer. So yeah. positive do you, for this year. How do you balance that roller coaster, especially in a tourism industry where it is, it's not so steady? Uh, one of the ways that we do that is obviously 
recognizing the importance of the local market. So tourism is obviously seasonal here in Bermuda, but the local market, 60,000 people, all with varying degrees of transportation issue, are here all year round and they should be our low hanging fruit. That's who we need to market to. And we've rolled out a subscription uh, offering where you can sign up and you pay uh, a monthly fee of $100 and you then get 50% off all your rentals. So that pays back after one and a half days of renting. And, and what we're trying to do is build that recurring revenue that takes away you know, some of that seasonality of, of what we're doing and allows locals to benefit from you know, 50% off their rentals. And you've also built tech into your business model. Um, you're, I hear everything that you're saying. It's relying on new technology and using it effectively. Can you elaborate a bit on the importance of tech for a business such as yours? Yeah, tech can be incredibly handy here um, in Bermuda for a number of reasons. It, it builds consistency. So it's allowing people to depend on a platform to book vehicles and to to know that that's going to what what they book is is going to be there and going to be delivered it also allows us to really manage uh our overheads because once you've deployed tech we are not so dependent on on that on that human resource on that human element so we built a really strong core team and that we know uh that the tech handles the rest of that so it's so allowing us to be a lot more efficient which is one of the reasons that we did it. But also tech now allows us to never shut. You can pick up a, a vehicle any time of day or night. We do 15 to 20% of our rentals from 8 p.m. onwards. People going to dinner, people finishing work, hospital workers leaving at 3 or 4 in the morning, taking a, a Twizy back to St. George's or to Somerset. Um, and so that for us was really, really cool, you know, that we never close and it allows us logistically to rent by the minute or by the hour versus 24 hours we can do multiple rentals in a day now so for us it, it, it made sense that that was one of the key key reasons we went that route and once also once you've gone through the admin of registering an account it's done and that's a one-time thing and then you're on your own you can pick up whenever you need to uh, it allows us to improve safety so through qr codes which was obviously a big thing that rolled out during COVID. We can now deliver tutorial videos or road safety videos, just allows us to be better as a company and to deliver messages just at, at a time when most people are more accepting and more familiar with the, the tech that's out there. They're a bit more comfortable going onto an app now. Not everyone, you know, there are certainly those that preferred it how it used to be, but we know that that. Uh, that demographic is shrinking. So. Yeah. COVID um, hurt businesses and helped businesses in, in yeah. that way, I think, too, in terms of how people have embraced even just being on Zoom like we are to, to have conversations like this with people around the world. It's incredible that we can we can do this now because it's so normal. And, you know, we've been talking a lot in about AI and embracing artificial intelligence in business and how we use it to you know, enhanced and improve and, and that. Is there any um, parts of your business where you're using AI now? Have you incorporated it into any of your customer service or anything like that? Not yet. And that is an area that uh, when, when we start to get busy, overwhelms us. The, the, the calls, the emails. Um, 
to a certain degree, we have canned and automated responses to a series of questions that we get asked over and over again. Um, just in the nature of what we do, we're going to get uh, we're going to get those same questions cropping up, and so we figured a way to to lighten our load and to have semi personalized responses that uh, that deliver the message that we need to deliver. But at the same time, yeah, to be able to have that AI um, supporting us on our on our, uh, the phone calls and the emails would be would be massive. Next step, eh? Next step. Next step. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a small team here, and we're just looking at uh, we're looking at embracing the tech that it's available to us, and uh, that we know will will make us better. So, mm. um, we recently had a guest on who's. Uh, philosophy was that if you're not growing, your business is uh, really in trouble in the near future. Is that something that you subscribe to? Would you agree with that? Well, there is uh, Bermuda in its nature is a great incubator. And if you can if you can build a business that you can demonstrate has potential outside, then you can expand and continue to grow beyond our shores here. There are plenty of really successful businesses on this island that they manage to get to a point that they they can't grow anymore without acquiring other businesses. For us, one of our thoughts during COVID was to embrace the local market a little more. We opened up a, a, a different company called Current Works, which is a servicing and maintenance garage geared at mainly electric vehicles. We do everything. And for us, that was a, an area that we had already invested in the tooling and the equipment and the staff to service our own fleet. We had a great location close to town and we thought, let's build out a, a commercial enterprise on the back of that. And uh, so we're a, a year and a half in, almost two years into that business now. And that allows us to grow, particularly while tourism is uh, is slow. So, um, yeah, we want to keep growing. We've got a very, very long way to go before we've saturated this market. Competition's out there. Competition's good. But we know that during peak season, there's anywhere between seven and a half thousand arrivals a week. And our industry at the moment is just north of 200 vehicles. So we can only scratch the surface of, of what we're able to supply. We've got a long way to go before we, we really saturate what we're doing here. Is there any regulation that limits how many vehicles you can have on the island for your company? Yeah, as an industry right now, not necessarily set in stone, but 200 vehicles per per livery. You know, we're at, we will soon be at 150. So there's obviously, there's growth through the number of vehicles, but introducing things like the app, which allows multiple rentals a day, allows us to cater to more than 150 customers in one day, which was, again, one of the reasons we went that route. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is your definition of success? Entrepreneurs often have a hard time with this, but what is success to you? Are, are you there yet? Do you feel you're successful? No, I think you've got, to, you've got to celebrate the milestones that you hit. And each of those milestones is a win, is a success because you, you have to face a lot of backlash. You've got to face really uncertain, difficult times. And there are milestones. You have an idea. You like to see it rolled out. And when you hit those, you should celebrate them. I feel lucky and I feel successful that we've got to where we, we have got to. Our business was going up and up in the first couple of years. And then we've had now longer in COVID or COVID related or COVID impacted than we had pre-COVID. 
And it's been really, really difficult and forces us to be creative. I believe that we have had a success, but we've got a long way to go before I would say that we've built the vision that we set out to build. But yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's a win for us and uh, a success has been to stay the course, to continue to be resilient and uh, to continue going when it's been really challenging and difficult. Um, yeah, I'd say that's a success, 100%. Yeah, I like what you just said there about it forces you to be creative. I think that's a good mindset. Is that sort of your mindset around failure too, when you do have those major challenges that might consider failures? Yeah, I, I think uh, speaking to any successful entrepreneur or listening to any successful entrepreneur, um, they'll tell you they learn, and it's almost become cliche, but they'll learn, you learn way more from the failures than you do from the successes. I think COVID has taught us a huge amount just me personally, how to manage a business a bit better. We've had times where we've had serious financial difficulties. How do we cut back? You know, in the good times, we could continue to hire. We could um, try things out that uh, we wanted to try out on a whim to see whether they worked. And uh, you've really got to tighten the belt during those difficult times and and be creative with the revenue that's coming in and the ideas, the marketing ideas. Uh, one of the first things we did with when, when COVID hit was to roll out um, a program for essential workers where we partnered with the business community and we got them to sponsor Twizzies. So that created some cash flow for us um, for essential workers. And every vehicle that was sponsored, we would then donate another one. And I think it, it really helped those in need at the time that couldn't get around, those, particularly those working in healthcare. And for us, it created, it generated some revenue, which we needed at that time, and, and some goodwill as well. So um, it was a win-win for us. But it's constantly having to think like that and go, what can we do next to, to um, keep things ticking over? Yeah, I take my hat off to you for your marketing prowess and genius. Um, <clears throat> current vehicles and Twizzies have always, in my opinion, been very creative in the way you market, in particular, coloring each or covering each of them with very pretty designs, very eye-catching designs, partnerships with people like Flora Duffy, Bermuda's only gold medal winner, like really fascinating partnerships that you're coming up with. Can you talk into the power of partnerships? Yeah, I think partnerships are, are massively valuable, particularly in a, in a small place like Bermuda. So there was a time when I wanted to be very closed with working with others because we were very focused on what we were doing. And then realized there are so many great supporters out there and people that can expand our brand and there's cross-branding opportunities out there. And we work closely with uh, school kids as well as, you know, Flora Duffy uh, to design Twizzies and something that we really uh, we wanted to continue to expand, but it infringed on some of the laws that were out there about the colours of vehicles. I think you're only allowed two colours per vehicle. It was something that we successfully rolled out with Delwood. We, we did it with uh, JetBlue and we did it with the Bermuda Tourism Authority. Uh, and then we were told to put the brakes on. Um, but it's it's something that's in the works again. We're trying to uh, trying to get it over the line. So it's it's cool to have a new unique vehicle. And those that come down, rent it for a week, they have a slightly some personalized Twizzy, and they have a you know a cool experience with that vehicle. 
And it's a perfect selfie subject, isn't it? Why wouldn't you want to try a different one each time? No, exactly, 100%. So, yeah, there's a a lot of potential for the, the branding and the marketing there, if we can get that over the line. So what goes on in an entrepreneur's head when you're ticking along on this fabulous idea and it's winning and then the authorities come and say, close the door? I think, uh, again, it, there's not a lot you can do about it. We're persistent, obviously, and it's trying not to take things personally. Get very frustrated and disappointed, uh, not just with the authorities, but just roadblocks that do crop up in any entrepreneur, you know, in any small business or big business. And uh, I, take, I, t- I do take it to heart because it's, uh, it's preventing us from reaching that goal, that mission. But it taught me patience and uh, had to be really, really patient um, and not get angry or upset and just understand that it is part of the process. And often it'll either change the direction you go and, and sometimes that works out for the best. And in others, it eventually happens for you. So just worth staying the course. But. Yeah. Entrepreneurship really is about personal development, isn't it? You have to learn and grow and expand yourself and your mind. Is there anything you currently do to help you along that path on your personal development? We love to dig into what people's morning routines are, if they have, you know, somebody that they're inspired by and follow books, podcasts. What's your kind of routine? What do you what do you do to keep your mind and everything straight? I do listen to podcasts while I'm driving and uh, I got two boys, uh, so I'm constantly driving and picking them up and good time to listen uh love sport play a lot of cricket and squash which is a good stress reliever and uh, got back into my painting again so a uh, bit of artwork love that so it's a, a bit of that for me is uh is like meditation it's a bit of time to focus on something other than the day-to-day grind that's cool who are you listening to what podcast are you currently liking i love listening to how i built this um by guy raz just in, interviewing successful entrepreneurs about their journey because you know it's certainly inspiring but to listen to know that everybody has got to a certain point has has faced adversity it's never been easy there's always been pivots throughout and uh i don't know it's reassuring i guess so yeah. I listen to that how uh this week in startups i listen to the daily I listen to Sam Harris. Yeah. Nice. I always love good recommendations. I'm currently into Diary of a CEO. I'm oh, listening yeah. to that. Yeah, that's a good one. You'll like that one. Yeah. Check it out. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Right up there. Obviously, you know, we're seeing entrepreneurs now. It's going to be on that, uh, on my list. Yay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we built this, um, this platform is exactly to do that. It's to give people that sort of window into entrepreneurship life and what makes us resilient and keep going. Because, you know, when we started this and started doing marketing company together, Vicky and I, we did a lot of research on the stats and, and how difficult it is for startups to, to survive and the percentages that don't make it is kind of depressing. So we kind of said, you know, what can we do? How can we be optimistic, be that eternal optimistic entrepreneur mm. and, and kind of help people and, and give something back? And that's what this, we think, we believe that this type of talking to people like you does. You do need to hear 
the struggles, the, what you've gone through, how you've gotten through it. And that kind of thing. it's really important to have these conversations. Yeah. So um, because we are resilient entrepreneurs, we have to ask, what does resilient mean to you? It's staying the course. It's finding that passion. I think if you're not passionate, it's incredibly hard, if not impossible, to be successful in your vision because you have to you have to love what you do because you are going to get knocked down a lot. And whether that's here in Bermuda, whether it's outside in a city where the competition's stronger, you've just got you you've got to keep going and you've you've got to love what you're doing so that you can get to that point. Because it, it was five years, yeah, for me, just before we rented our first car and there were a lot of no's and there continued to be a lot of no's. But I actually I used to hate Sunday nights and now I look forward to it because I'm going to work the next day and uh, not that not that I ever really switch off, but can get really excited about what I'm doing, even when it's tough. So, yeah. What for you is the best part about being an entrepreneur, Piers? The best part is that vision that we set out at the start, which has changed shape a few times, but it's, I guess, our North Star is is seeing that, that start to form, start to come together. Um, so an idea that we came up with in, in 2012 and just starting to see that uh, take shape has been has been brilliant. And knowing that that was something that, that we came up with together and that we're on that journey to make it happen. And it's, it's meaningful and it gives, it, it gives me purpose. So. What, what is that vision statement for you? It, it is just to be, I know this sounds super simplified, but to be the best business we possibly can be. So knowing that our, we've done everything we can to, to deliver great customer service and the user experience through our app is as good as possible. And knowing that we can't keep everybody happy, that that's impossible, but doing our best to create a really great business is, is, is my mission. Yeah. Well, I don't have any doubt that that will be accomplished. I think it already has been accomplished. I think it's just going to keep getting better and you're going to go on this continued growth journey because us entrepreneurs, that's what we do, right? It doesn't end. We just keep building and growing and scaling and bringing something new and um, pivoting as we need to with changing times. And I think you're a really good inspiration for others who are yeah, start, starting the journey um, or anywhere along the journey. No, I think... I think uh... No, I, I have been part of Ignite, sometimes more present than uh, you know others, partly because I've got to focus on my own mission. But those that are at the very beginning of the journey, it is just knowing that it isn't going to be easy and, and knowing the reality that a lot of businesses will fail. But uh, if you've got a good idea and you really believe in it, it's just to, to, to keep pushing. So yeah. I, love talking, I love talking to other entrepreneurs, particularly those that have gone through difficult times because... Um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, common ground there. Yeah, and I think that community is really important. And I think one thing Ignite does is bring a community of entrepreneurs together um, and help everybody go forward. And that's what it's about. And we are from a small community, so we really should support each other. And come on, Bermuda, like let's get behind this new new concept. Yeah. I'm really excited. Can't wait to see those lime green vehicles on the road. Yeah. Thank you. And, <laughs> and the nice thing about the nice thing about Bermuda with with businesses, small businesses, you see the impact much quicker. You know, so you're you're not lost in in a uh, massive population. You set something up, and and our goal is as uh, entrepreneurs is just to start making this island a a better place. 
and we do that through our businesses. So. Yeah, we certainly do. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and really appreciate you joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. Thanks so much, Fierce. Loved it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Laura and Vicky from Two for One. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.